Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark Group Therapy in this instance as the Mavericks fall to the absolutely god-awful Houston Rockets 102 to 93. Before I get to taking some questions and letting some of y'all go off, we're going to talk about the game for a moment. As is the a, a long established pattern that we don't talk about often enough. When the game is not big enough, the Dallas Mavericks come out and play like shit. Luka Doncic in particular earns the 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 get-go of looking like crap and not taking the Rockets seriously and then it coming home to roost. Luka is the engine. I appreciate Luka more than most people. I am a big time fan. I defend a lot of how he plays. He was the draw the 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 straw that stirred the drink and he sucked. He was a a nice 9 of 26. He missed a lot of wide open threes. He was bad on defense and sloppy with the ball. And as the team's best player, the mantle rests on him to do better than that. His counting stats look nice. And he just wasn't good enough. Kristaps Porzingis played a, a you know, it, it says something to me that, that when the Mavericks don't have Porzingis and they beat the best team in the league, and then Porzingis comes back and has a nice counting stats game with 23 points on 19 shots and 12 boards, and then they lose and he has a negative 19. Don't let the Mavs media establishment tell you that Porzingis had a nice game when Kelly Olenek whipped his ass 19 or uh, 17 rebounds for Kelly Olenek 17 there was a keyboard in the fourth quarter where Luca and Porzingis looked at it when Porzingis or uh, a ball bounced on the floor and Kelly went and got it do not listen the Mavericks star players have to play better then we get to the rest of the team Nico Melli was terrible two points 0 for three field goals Josh Richardson might want to opt into that contract, buddy, because you're getting exposed. A crisp 0 for 9 from the floor, 0 for 6 from 3, after a game where he hit five three-pointers. Then we get to the bench where big-time Timmy Jim Hardaway was served up repeated shots, and though he finished with 18 points and six boards, missed some wide-open looks. The only player that I think had a pretty good game was Jalen Brunson, who uh, continued his hot shooting strikes from the floor. Five of seven, really something to go for. Friends of the program, Nate Hinton and Josh Green. They're not really friends of the program, but we love we love rookies here. Nate Hinton, who is a a rookie uh, or who is a rebounding machine, if you watch any of his college tape, watched repeated rebounds move right past him. Had four had four minutes of zero non contributing nothingness. Really, really neat. Josh Green was so terrible on offense that his his three minutes where he got blocked by Kelly Olenek and then shot another three-pointer that looked like, uh, you know, a trebuchet. I just don't know what to do with it. All right, guys. So we got a ton of people that want to come up here and talk. We're going to talk about it. We have nine folks waiting. I will try to get to as many people as possible. But this being my room and me being a grumpy asshole, we're really going to go for it. All right. Coming up first is uh, Lance Robinson. Lance, how are you? Roberson. Sorry. I'm doing just fine. You know, sometimes we just need a little kick in the balls, uh, you know, for some perspective. Like, Mavs draft was online talking about how the Mavs were going to blow out the Rockets. And I told them, be careful what you say, because this is a perfect game for the Mavs to drop one. The first game on a, you know, of two of a back-to-back, you know, 
sequence in the schedule. And I know we always want to talk about the rookies. We want to get the rookies in the game. But sometimes there's a reason why they're not in the game. And against one of the worst teams at NBA, you know, Josh Green, A, couldn't hit an open shot. B, supposed to be one of the most athletic, you know, prospects, supposedly. And he, you know, bricked on a layup. Uh, sad state of affairs where there was like five offensive rebounds uh, in one possession in the third quarter. And, you know, and the Mavs failed to recover in what they give up, a corner three. Uh, you know, I'm not super mad as you probably are, but it is frustrating because the Mavs actually had a chance and, you know, in, in the last couple of minutes and they decided to give it to Finney Smith with two seconds on the shot clock. And then, of Dude, course, he got blocked. Cook, I mean, Luka, Luka deserves to be to be to be cooked for that one. He put Dorian in a terrible position. Of course, though, we need to discuss why. And, in, and to a certain respect, when Josh Richardson is so bad he has to be removed from the floor, that limits the number of guys who can create anything off the dribble. And Luca was getting stonewalled. Kevin Porter Jr. had a fantastic game, bodied Luca. And Steven Silas really deserves credit for, for doing a, a I want it's not quite this stark, but it reminded me of, of 2007 Warriors. Where Don, where Don Nelson sent us a, a, a double at, at Luke's or at Luca at Dirk's weak side at the worst possible moment. That happened with Luca a lot tonight, and he was flustered. Luca played badly because the de- defensive scheme was very good, but it was just, it was very frustrating to watch. Well, Lance, you got anything else before we get on out of here, and I bring up some more people to yell at me <sighs> or yell about the Mavs? I'll let everybody uh, vent. I think I've done enough. Well, Thank you. Group, appreciate you, Lance. This is group therapy. We're gonna we're here together. We're here to get our you know it's it's we're here to get out our rage and make this uh, make this better between us. All right, I'm gonna invite Jose up on next. Jose, welcome. How are you? Oh wow. Hello, Kirk. Thanks for joining. What can I do for you tonight? Or what do you feel like getting off your chest? Uh, well, Luca in the first quarter, he just looked like. He wasn't there to play. He looked exhausted. Uh, KP brought the energy in the first quarter, but in in all the the team just looked like total ass. They weren't ready to play. I don't know what Rick Carlisle was telling them in the during halftime, but just all together, just trash. <laughs> I, I, there, there's that. There's really no other way around it, it, it to say that that's the kind of game that we're going to look at in three weeks and say, man, the Mavericks let one go. And you look at what happens with the schedule next. Look at what's coming up. They play the Bucks in 20, uh, 22 hours. <laughs> you know, there's no rest for the wicked. They're probably going to sit all their guys, and, and that's what happens. Then they get a nice two-day break before they play the Spurs, who are a, a you know still a very functional basketball team despite sliding, then the Sixers. So this was there's, – there's really not any other way to phrase it. You know, I, I'm not – I'm very I'm very prone to hyperbole on Twitter, but that was a trash game by everybody, and I'm really frustrated. Right. And like you said, we play the Bucks tomorrow, and just the, the the overall effort that they brought out on the court tonight is kind of scary, considering that Giannis might not play tomorrow, and we could still get our ass whooped, and that's that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean now now let me take uh, Devil's Advocate side and look at where the Mavericks are. 
So the Mavericks were seven games above 500. We had just gotten done previous uh, locker rooms talking about how the Mavericks were 19 and seven over the last two months, and that sort of thing had had given them quite the bounce back. So in some respect, they were they were due for a crappy game. It just sucks that it was that crappy of a game at, at against the team that I really love beating the shit out of. Pardon my language. Right. It's I be like I don't know about y'all, but I know way too many Rockets fans, and they're gonna be annoying tomorrow, and that frustrates me. <laughs> and we lost to uh, Salus as well. <laughs> yeah, well, though my wife actually, she said, "I'm glad for Steven Silas. He's had a harsh year," and she's right. The like how the Mavericks were embracing him after the game was pretty cool. So me, when I'm not being an angry fan, I'm like, okay, you know, Steven Silas, good for him, good for him. <laughs> right. Well, thanks, Jose. Do you got anything else before I uh, bring someone else up? Uh, other than thanking you for letting me come up and speak. <laughs> Always, man. I try to have as many people on as possible. You know, we've only had one or two trolls the entire time I've done this. Uh, And even then, you know, it's like you get up on stage, it's kind of hard to say something entirely rude. You're talking to another person. So, again, Jose, thanks for coming up. Uh, I hope you come back. Thank you. All right. All right. Coming up next is uh, returning talker Brad. What's happening? Hey, Kirk. How's it going, man? It's good. Well, Uh, no, it sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I will take the blame that I called this after Utah. It's your um, fault. It's your fault yeah. in Mavs draft. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to let him hear about it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this is like a classic game where this shows that we just must think that we're better than we are, that we can <clears throat> take a totally winnable game and get distracted maybe, at least because who we're playing before and after. Um, and games like this is what makes me worry about not getting up to that sixth seed and then having to play some this stupid – um, playing tournament to get in because I feel like we can just drop something just like total crap like this at any point in time. And uh, our strategy of maybe, I don't know, having two starters not score more than five points, I mean, it's worked once and turns out this time it didn't work for us. Um, that was really something to watch as the game was progressing, was seeing. You know, I'm glad Dorian finally hit some shots because for a while he was looking terrible. And then the, the Richardson couldn't get on the board was just unbelievable. And, you know, when you watch the plays that the Mavericks have, so I'm, I'm going to call back to something that was written on our site. You know, uh, Istok Franco wrote a really lengthy piece about how the Mavericks don't really have a playbook. They have mm-hmm. concepts that play that guys are expected to sort of expound upon based on the decisions that they make. I'm really sort of frustrated by the fact that they don't seem to have much that can get Richardson a shot that could go in. And that's largely because his ball handling is a is Stanley-esque. You know, every every year a different <laughs> Mavericks player gets the Stanley mantra, but but Richardson might be the the, you know, kind of the truest to form because when that guy does something it's just like are are you are you dribbling with two basketballs and don't realize it? Like it's yeah. it's really frustrating. I'm I, I don't know, but it's it that that whole point about the, the the starters not doing good enough. This goes back to the bigger argument that we were talking about during, you know, nah, right before you know trade deadline about how the team just doesn't seem to have enough talent that can perform reasonably every night. I mean, Jalen Brunson being the Mavs' yeah. third best player is catching catch. Yeah, I mean he's. You know, he's doing everything I think you can ask for him to do, really. I mean, for positions he's put in, he's consistent. He's played great this year. But, like, 
him, you know, no offense to Jalen, like he shouldn't be our third best player coming off the bench. Like, you know, yeah, it'd be cool if he was like our fourth or fifth. You know, definitely if it was our fifth, but you know, we just don't. I mean, and that's assuming that KP is actually like doing anything. Um, because in games that he's disinterested, then or not stopping Olenek from being like Drummond, then you know it's just like I don't know. I mean, you, I, like, I watch games like against Utah. I'm like, man, we've got so much talent. And then I watch this. I'm like, oh, I'm just joking. Yeah, I was drinking too much last time. I, I got nothing. <laughs> I mean, I'm. That's a really good summation because sometimes you just need role players to do some things. And you know, like you look at the box score, and like Dorian still shot three of six from three. Yeah, it's just like it's great. And that they wasted it drives me crazy because uh, I want to say it was like Josh Eberly or maybe it was uh, this guy Andy who's a Utah fan talked about how. Uh, after the game, uh, the Jazz game, talked about how the Mavericks are – a lot of their win losses can be explained by Dorian Finney-Smith's shooting percentage, which is really yeah. frustrating. Yeah, well, so. you know, that's what I looked at uh, at the end of the game. I was like, I feel like Finney played pretty well, and once he actually hits his threes, yeah, we normally win. But then I was like, oh, yeah, no one else made a shot. Turns out that's not very sustainable. It is but. not very sustainable. Well, Brad, you got anything else before we move on out of here? No, thanks, man. Appreciate you coming up. All right, coming up next, we have Jim Andrews with a great-looking Luca jersey in your uh, in your avatar. How you doing, Jim? Hey, I'm doing okay, Kirk. Um, so I know you have your quarrels with KP, and like despite the fact that the team overall shot 37% from the field uh, and 25% from three, um, I saw Chris Herring tweet out that KP didn't really get looks in the fourth quarter, and we all saw that uh, the last part of the fourth quarter when he was our main offensive engine individually for throughout the first three quarters. Um, is there something that you feel like that Luca needs to switch if he's having an off night? Like he needs to put more responsibility on KP towards clutch time, because it feels like if KP's going, then maybe KP should get more opportunities late in the game. Generally speaking, KP absolutely needs to be involved more. Him standing in the corner was stupid. It was useless, and it didn't do the Mavs any benefit, and I think that is worth uh, uh, discussing. I am not sure. I I do not love any – like, it's almost impossible to get KP something that ends up being a really good shot within the structure of the offense and the way that he wants it because he wants that post-up. You guys saw it. He does a lot of flash in the middle. He's hit a few shots. There was this one shot where he got it on the right block. I guess, man, what's the term? So if you're facing away from the basket, it's the right block. And he did some weird funky dribble all the way across and shot an air ball. And, and again, I'm, I'm focusing on one possession. It's not fair to the guy. He played a pretty good game. Sure, But sure. they have to figure out something. Like, I don't understand why they don't use him in high screen roll. Like, the right. man can roll to the basket. Is it, it? Does he not want to do it? Does he only want to pop? It's very confusing. But, yes, they have to do more with him. As Mike Worrell's aside, he's too good at basketball. Right. Oh, God. What an annoying loss. Well, what else you got for us, Jim? Uh, nothing else besides uh, once Maxie gets back. Uh, I feel like the Mavs are a team – when we have all of our starters and rotation players, we'll be just good enough. If we're missing like at least one minor starter, we're still not there. Like it's yeah. just it feels like the balance is just like completely put out, but put off. But that's it. 
Well, I appreciate you coming up, and I think yeah. you you're you're actually correct. So, all right, coming up next, uh, we're gonna bring on a friend of the program and fancy green checkmark, Brian Zillum. Brian, what's going on? Brian, you can't have a fancy green check mark and have yourself muted when it's time to come up on stage. You know that's against the rules. All right, Brian, we'll invite you up when you uh, figure out your audio. All right, coming up next, Willis, who's been waiting patiently for a while. Willis, how are you? Uh, can you hear me, Kirk? Sorry. I can. You sound great. Okay, yeah. So, uh, first of all, you're right about lots of things. We talk on Twitter all the time. I was looking forward to this game for a long time, Eastern time zone guy. Uh, but earlier today, I just smelled this this shit coming uh, with the Rockets. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, my boss is a huge Rockets fan, and I was like, dude, we should bet on this game. They're going to lose. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, but we were commiserating together. But I, I was thinking the same exact thing as you and uh, Nelson back in 07. I was like, oh, Silas knows exactly what Luca. Like, every time we'd go out on the left to take that, like, step back three loves, Silas just had somebody could get him. You know, um, it was really good. Like, really good. I, I was yeah. impressed. Um, whose idea was it to draft a project? And can we stop talking about Josh Green? There's a Rick Carlisle is a really good coach. Uh, I know some of you guys are new, but like if he's not playing, it's because he kind of sucks. It's because he sucks. Yeah, yeah. He plays Anybody... like your son, dude. I've seen your videos on Twitter. It's... Like he's just like, let me run in here. Like I got the ball. What do I do? It's um... really. I mean, it's it's great when nothing matters, but when like the game's on the line, it's like, oh, these three minutes hate where are just terrible of him of him looking bad. And and I I I will. I can't promise you that I won't clip you saying you're you're right about a lot of things i need to throw that at my staff who love dunking on me but it's it's the rookie stuff is uh, i'll tell you why we go back to it why we talk about it is because they serve as a placeholder for the concept of the mavericks talking to us and promising us and the maverick media apparatus telling you that the front office knows what they're doing let me tell you something guys drafting luka Doncic was not hard it was not hard and this stuff drives lucky. me crazy. Sorry. It was lucky. It was lucky. Yeah. And, and you know, the fact that, that you know, the, the other teams have terrible front offices does not get you a pass, you know? It, it, I'm sick of the, like, Luka. more bites of the apple shit. Like, you know, like, I'm sorry, like, Tyrell Terry, like, I like you, but even before these issues, he wasn't doing that good. Like, I mean, in the alternate timeline I want to live in, we traded everything for Halliburton. And it was sure. great. Which they, they apparently tried to do, so we can't hit them up too hard about that. I've kind of... I've kind of, you know, we're, this is not sourced reporting, but I've talked to enough people to, to to make me feel like the Mavericks did everything that they could, but there just wasn't enough there. I mean, this is what happens when you trade two picks for KP in that it limits your future options. And I think we're kind of okay. You know, as much as I bitch about KP, I understand why they did it. And it's just, this is one of these games where you watch and, and if Luca's not, uh, you know, if Luca plays an average game, they win, but yeah. they, they didn't. And that's, that's the bottom line. And I mean, like, for, I mean, I'm a Fort Worth guy, but we had the TCU kid like right there. He wanted to play for us, but whatever. Uh, let's end on something positive. Sure. Uh, so I, Richardson clearly has to opt in. Like nobody's paying him. Um, <laughs> he should be tradable. Like that's one of those medium sized contracts, right? That's like good to move shit. Like everybody shouldn't look at that as bad. Yes, uh, and he's actually not this bad. Like he yeah, just, he's he's just inconsistent. I mean, when he's playing well. The Mavericks are something like like they're undefeated when he scores ten points or it's something bananas like that. It's like eighteen and five. It's something crazy. We and should so probably except we're in the play in tournament. I mean, like it sucks, but we only have to win one game. If you can't win one game, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Uh, we get to play the Suns probably. They kick our ass all the time, but that's better than who's sitting at the three seed. And we sure. got the Lakers twice. Like if we beat them twice, like that 
changes the standings completely. It does. It does. And there's still a long way to go. I was trying to explain it. Those 10 games in May are really the ones to watch where the Mavericks should go 10 and 0. But like saying that out loud, I sound like a lunatic. So I, you know, there's still a lot to look forward to. It's just, this game sucks. So what do you Yeah. And, it, and then once they got in the funk, man, once they had that one possession where they shot at the – they got like seven offensive rebounds and then everybody missed everything. Oh, it was awful. I had to turn it off. But uh, I'll let somebody else come on. Uh, thanks, Kurt. Of course, Willis. Appreciate you coming up. All right, coming up next, we have Henry, who has been waiting patiently. Henry, how you doing? doing? Hey, how, how you doing? Uh, I'm better now. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. It was not a fun time watching Kelly Olenek have a bunch more effort than our whole team and watching John Wall turn into prime John Wall. He looks really time. good, doesn't he? I mean, he's just yeah. looked really good in both the games. They've, Cause they, they, they beat the Mavs two to two to one in the season series. So that part of it was they just had KP on him and he was just dropping. Like I get John Wall's not a good three point shooter, but when you're giving him that much space. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have my, I have my foibles about how KP defends three points and I, for yeah. once, I actually feel like he didn't do terrible because, I mean, he's huge. You stick his hand up his air, he's, you know, eight and a half feet tall. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, part of it was they were kind of switching very easily. Yes. I would have liked if they had, like, if if you're going under and switching on John Wall threes, like, at, at the start, I get it because he's not a great shooter. But, like, after a guy hits a couple threes, then you're like, okay, let's, let's adjust. Here. Right. And they did adjust, and he actually stopped hitting at a certain point, but then it stopped mattering right. because the Mavericks uh, were also not able to hit. So this was, this just stinks yeah. all the way. Yeah. Also, the, that last possession was one of the worst things I've ever seen. The, not the last oh, one. Oh, the one where he the, went, to, where... went to Dorian. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. I, I got up and punched a table. Yeah, I yelled a lot. My dog is hiding. My enormous dog is hiding underneath the uh, underneath the couch somewhere. Well, Henry, I appreciate you. Got anything else? Uh, no, I'm just frustrated that I put off a bunch of homework to watch this game. That's oh, all. I'm so sorry. Now you got to go do homework. Well, we appreciate you yeah. coming up, and uh, we'll probably talk again tomorrow night. All right. So I appreciate it. All right, coming up next, uh, friend of the program, Christian. How you doing, Christian? Christian, are you there? And all these, all these, these, these vets uh, of of locker room forget that they that they send these invites and they hang out. That's okay. All right, coming up next is uh, Doug. Doug, how are you? I'm very, very frustrated because this is a game that absolutely the Mavs should not lose. It, it is. It's. It, it, I guess it reminds me of that game a few few games ago when Rick uh, Carlisle said in the post game. Uh, we have enough talent, and uh, this was this was a game that we should have been just again. I'm not saying blowout, but this should have been a win, and uh, is absolutely just frustrating. I mean, yeah, you you should be able to. Lucas should be able to have a bad night, and the other guys pick him up. And there's been all kinds of people who have been walking through it all, but uh, between Luca Richardson and Melly going one for sixteen from three, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah, you know, and now we're looking at some fun post game quotes where uh, somebody asked Porzingis why he didn't get a shot in the fourth quarter, and he says, "Good question. It's just the plays we were running. It happened before, also." And so, I don't. I think that like it's it's there are times when he has a point, and this is one where he has a point. But I mean, read the room, man. Like, 
you know, it's like, whatever. I, I can't, I can't crush Porzingis. It's, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be a Maverick next year anyway. So what do I, what do I, what do I have to say? Well, so. the, the last couple of minutes really reminded me of how the Mavs played down the stretch in the last couple of years. And that was probably one of the most frustrating things because it just looked like everything was just out of sync. Everybody was just standing around waiting for somebody else to do what they, what needed to be done. And so it just it to me it's frustrating. Yeah, yeah, that's really kind of all there is, all there is going for it. Well, Doug, you know I appreciate you as always. What else do you got for us? I think the the you know the, now you know again I'll turn back on my my uh, you know the plus side of things when the Mavs are hitting shots and they don't have to have a scorching hot night, but you know when when they're when they're hitting just normally on three point this game isn't uh, this game isn't even close down the stretch. But uh, you, 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 the Mavs can't win a whole lot of games when they only uh, make 10 threes. And so it's, you know, that's one of those things you go, okay, we just have to check, out, check it off and move on. But it's still frustrating because these, these are the kind of games when we get down to the end and if we are in the play-in play uh, tournament that uh, you go, okay, that, that's one of the ones that would have put us into number six and uh, there's no excuses for it. Well, here's a fun stat since I'm a salty asshole. Porzingis in the final six and a half minutes of the game only had one rebound. So he can run his mouth about whatever. He can affect the game in different ways, and he chooses not to because he's a wallflower. So, you know, I'm just going to throw that out there because I'm tired well, of hearing him yammer. Well, they, and, you know, if I uh, really wanted to, I'd roll back the, the game and watch how many times that Porzingis and just about anybody else that was underneath the basket offensive offense or defense they were flat-footed didn't put a body on anybody didn't do anything that you would you know teach a, a second grader to to do uh, they just were standing around hoping that the ball would come off to them it was rough the rebounding stuff drives me crazy i the, the nate the, the four nate hitting minutes i remember two john <laughs> wall threes that careened off the right side of the rim because it was they were at the you know from the tv vantage point on the right side they're you know and so the the ball just went right past them and i'm just like guys try and and there wasn't enough of it so i don't know yeah all right doug i appreciate you thanks for coming up thanks all right coming up next we are going to bring on someone who has been waiting for a while jared jared what's up Yeah, g'day. Um, just got a couple of things. Um, one thing I've, I've sort of noticed is that uh, Carlo just seems obsessed with matching up with the opposition. He doesn't seem to actually try and create mismatches yeah. in terms of size. Like, who in, who in Houston was, would be out of guard um, Boban? And I realise he's, he's giving up like um stuff on the other team's offense. So obviously you can't guard wall and that sort of stuff. But if you run if you put him on the court and you run plays for him on offense, he's gonna score like, pretty crazily against that kind of Houston lineup. So surely there's opportunities when Wall's on the bench or whenever to give him some time just to get some easy buckets and rebound. I, I was very confused with some of the mismatch hunting Luca sort of sought out Kevin Porter Jr. and Porter's a big guy. 
like he's six five. He's kind of thick. He he you know it's not like he's the easiest you know guy to get past. And I think Luca kind of thought he could do something against him. And paired with the sort of things that that Stephen Silas had done that we were mentioning earlier, I just I didn't understand a lot of it. And the offense tonight was just ugly, and then stayed ugly. So yeah, the other the other uh, question I've got is: Do you think you? I mean, this is only I'm, I'm just talking about the first you know, four or five years of Luca's career, but are they going to look back and think on the Goran Dragic trade that they could have the had? The non-trade. As a, yeah. yeah, as a massive uh, missed opportunity. Because if you put Dragic in the starting lineup and you have Brunson off the bench, um, that's and you got Luca. That's that's a pretty good um, play creation um, trifecta to have. Um play two of the, you know any two of them at a time and you've just got um shooting and driving into the key kicking out and well i mean like the the archetype bizarre. the archetype of what you're talking about a scoring point guard that can also pass um a lot of people will point and say well we have that in brunson and like guys like brunson can't pass like brunson does not know how to pass yeah. that man throws that man's live ball turnovers are murderous uh, uh, there's also something to the fact that, that Dragic is a lunatic and any Slovenian who you will talk to about this, will talk about how, in some of the, your, what was it, the championship games from the, the Luca scored over KP. I can't remember what series that was where, where, uh, Dragic had to like be removed from the game from exhaustion because he was playing so hard. So there's, there's just something there. Um, you know, Caleb in the chat is talking about how the defense would be atrocious. Caleb, the defense is often atrocious. Um, <laughs> I don't, don't buy the bullshit that the Mavs are selling you that, oh, hey, we're really, really good at defense. No, you played Eastern Conference teams. That's what happened. They're not that good at defense. This, this sort of stuff drives me nuts. Um, but I get why we feel that way because this, this season's been so uneven that it's hard to actually feel, because when they look good, they look incredible. Um, I, I think that the, the part about the, the, the part about Jared's question is, is are the Mavs going to regret not maximizing aspects of Luca's first four years is, is, is just, just, you know, you didn't ask that, but that, that is kind of the, the underscore of what you're, of what you're asking. And I think the answer has to be yes, because they've, they've done a lot where they were waiting for, to get to free agency and to try to. Uh, sign uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and guess what? He didn't make it. So the last two years have been kind of stupid. So I, I'm very—I don't know—I'm frustrated about nine, like nine hundred things tonight. So this is all just kind of you know bleeding over. Jared, I appreciate you coming up. You got anything else for us? Uh no, I think that's about it. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for staying up late with us. As always, come back tomorrow night if you can. Um, come yeah, in it's back lunchtime. Lunchtime over here. Lunchtime, okay. So, come, and tomorrow during lunch, come back. We, I'm glad yeah. to have you on. This app is so great, all over the planet. All right, coming up next, we have. Let's see here, people who have been waiting for a while. Because oh man, Brian, who is attempting to come back, back up. Brian, is your is your. Yes, thank God. I'm so sorry about that. It happens. I heard you, and I did not see my beautiful face on your lovely program here. Man, uh, let's go back in time, Kirk. Uh, so I think we all wanted to run through a wall uh, when we heard Dorian's uh, post-game speech Monday night, right? It was like a lot like rah-rah, like I was, everybody was excited. But do you remember the Rockets game actually occurred was the first game of that losing streak? 
So if we oh the six game losing streak way yes, back yes yes oh, yeah. yes yes so January twenty third that was actually the first game well second night of a back to back I mind you but the Mavericks absolutely got their heads kicked in by that Rockets team mind you Christian Wood did not even play that game either now they Cousins actually played and uh, Wall was good. Uh, and then Tucker was actually decent as well, but they just got obliterated. So by your logic, Dorian, if you, you're you paying attention to the schedule and you're circling games, like, and you're, quote-unquote, better than this, un, and like this, this under-period team, shouldn't you, like, be like, oh, my God, this team beat us by 20 points? Like, we should be, like, really motivated and be prepared to kick their heads in. I will say, honestly, Monday, I know everybody was sky high, you have to be level-headed with this team. You have to have your seatbelt on the entire time, guys. I'm, I'm telling you, I I think for me personally, this is going to be the team I hate most in Luka's history just because I, I don't know why I just hate this team so much. I, I can't really put my finger on it. You can't get too high. You can't get too low. Like, I think this game in Monday, you smush it together like a big, dumb NBA sandwich, and that's the Dallas Mavericks of this year. Well, okay, I'm going to say something that's offensive, and I don't really care. Uh, two of my dear Mavericks friends that run Locked On Mavericks were crowing about how they've talked about being level-headed for months. With all the respect in the world, I say to hell with that. I am not a fan to be level-headed. I am a fan to be emotional and to be passionate about something that's ridiculous because it's so much better about being, you know, angry that like my uh, like my uh, HOA or something real. Like this sort of stuff is is kind of what we're here for. And I, I it's fine. It, it you know the the Mavericks have have acted like a team that 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 is you know the the prettiest girl at the dance, and they just aren't. Like Luca's great. But there's something going, you know, there, there, there's something funky with the KP Luka chemistry, and it comes from the fact that Porzingis isn't good enough, and that's part of the problem. You know, he's either hurt with a wrist injury, which, like, could could you please pick something that I can't make fun of so easily, <laughs> Mavericks? Like, a wrist injury? There's so many jokes that I can't get off. None of them are appropriate. But it's just, it's it's this sort of thing is, is like, you know, like, we knew this was going to be a weird, uh, a weird year. And yeah. there's some leaning into that. And that's where I do agree with the Locked On Mavs guys, where it's like, all right, just take a little breath about the weirdness. But when you watch a loss where it's like Richardson goes 0 for 9, what am I supposed to do other than be like, hey, guy who gets paid more money than I will make in my entire life, hit one of those. Thank you. But no, you know? No, no. And I was going to say, Kirk, like if I could try to like – repivot what i said so i'm for people getting like upset and after a game like this they can but i think i've seen too much like when the mavs are really good and they have a game like monday everybody's like oh my god this team is going to go in the championship and then game like tonight this team is in the toilet i'm just saying like (laughs) be upset but like have that nice little happy meeting if that makes sense oh yeah because they're still in the seventh seed i just don't want to play the pelicans or you know do something like that so all right brian i appreciate you coming thanks buddy um all right, we'll talk soon. All right, coming up next, we have somebody who's been waiting for a very long time, and Juan. Juan, what's going on? Hey, you guys, can you hear me? Awesome, thank you. Um, yeah, just wanted to vent a little bit. Uh, I was, like, super-duper pissed watching this game. I started throwing paper balls at my TV, and that's paper only because ball. I could... I like that. <laughs> yeah, 
because I because I wanted to throw my phone really, and I was just like, nah, that's too expensive. So started balling up some paper and just threw it at the TV like WWE style, you know. Um, uh, and yeah, I, I think like even if the Mavs won this game, just the effort was so disappointing. I still would have been pissed. So there's that. Um, and I guess another thing that pissed me off was watching Finney Smith kind of like overdo things. I think he was still kind of high off of the last game. And I just remember this one play where the Mavs had like a three on two advantage and he, he spotted up for a three and I was just like, damn it. Like this is, <laughs> this is, you're doing too much, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then I guess just to end on a positive note, um, I, I think this is just one of those games where you really realize the importance of Maxi, you know, and how, you know, this versatility in the defense and just the, the the shooting and the spacing that he provides for this team is very so important. Much more important. Yeah, it so is much more very important. important. Yeah, the Dorian um, stuff is very tricky. Um, he's so valuable to them, and so when he plays poorly, it and he didn't even really play poorly because he was three of six from deep. But just bigger picture, when he plays poorly, it it makes the Mavs look worse. And I'm not really sure how fair that is to them because I feel like knowing what I've seen from Dorian Finney-Smith, this is the best possible version we could get in any part of the multiverse. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. I just, you just can't see where else he might improve, you know, so yeah. that makes yeah. total sense. But, yeah, no. That's... <laughs> I'm glad you came yeah. up. You got anything else for us? No, no. I was going to say last thing is um, this team kind of feels like – you know, Voltron, where the, what's the saying? The, uh, the, the whole is so much greater than the, the yeah. sum of its parts, right? It's, uh, no, because when they work, they really work. Um, so. Well, I yeah, appreciate so, you, Juan. I hope you come back yeah. tomorrow. Uh, we'll see. If, if, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, these are I'm fun always, in I'm victory because then we're just raving about how happy we are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always here. I'm always here. Um, it's just that I'm so mad today. I wanted to vent. So thank you for giving me the, uh, the platform. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. All right. We'll talk later. Have a good one. Uh, you too. All right. So before I pivot to somebody else, Petty Kirk Henderson has another stat for you. Not only did Porzingis have one rebound in the fourth quarter, he also had one in the third quarter. So that means second half Porzingis had two rebounds in the second half. Congratulations to our seven foot three, $30 million man. Coming up next, Matt Phillips. Matt, I hope you're working again because uh, I was highly entertained last night. How you doing? Matt, is the audio not working? There we go. Yeah. Hey, did it work now? Yep. Sound good. Okay. Yeah, it was connected to my truck, so I just switched it off of that. Um, so, one, I love Maxi. I'm a big Maxi fan. Maxi not playing is not why we lost this game. We, we lost this game because Luca played like shit. Josh Richardson played like shit. We yes, he did. And, I mean – I'm a huge Luca fan. Like, he he just had a bad game. Like, sometimes I like to come on and have, like, I like to have at least some kind of a take of something. It really is. We just played like shit. Like, that's all there is to it. And, and they didn't respect really their opponent. That's the thing that bothers oh, me. I, they came out early. Yeah. Okay. Actually, so if you want to try to find a positive spin on that, the team at least did because we played both. I was – pretty sure that we would sit at least one of them today because planning on, you know, hey, we're playing the Bucks tomorrow and it'll be a tougher matchup. So if you wanted to find a positive in the sea of crap that this game was, 
you could say that at least the front office might possibly be learning because we did not sit either one of them. And it's not the front office's fault that we didn't, that they just didn't play well. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're allowed to have bad games. Unfortunately, they aren't allowed to have bad games against the Rockets, who are one of the worst teams in the league. And so we're going to yeah. be mad about it, and we should. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it just, it sucks. They played like shit. It's, I really wish they didn't. Um, the thing I will say is from the comment from, from KP and, I, I feel like KP was our best player tonight. Like, I don't think he played well. Don't get me wrong. I'm not – don't fall I the firmly disagree. He is well, a stat-counting wuss, and he had two boards in the second half. Affect oh, no, the no, game no. differently. Like, just so that we're clear, I don't think he played well. I think everyone else – like, to say oh, he was sure. the best player, okay. he was – I think he was the <laughs> – to clarify, I think he was the least bad of the of the starters and everything. The one – the thing I'll say with that is someone needs to go to him, and he needs to get it through his head. Okay, they didn't give you the ball. And, yeah, that sucks. And, yeah, I would like for them to give you the ball. And, yeah, it probably would have been a better idea. But you know what? You're an extremely athletic 7-3 guy yep. on a team with one other team that's – with one other player that's taller than 6'11", and he's not a good rebounder. Go get the ball yourself. He they can, don't... though. It's it's That's what's – Matt. so it's like I, I'm doing a name search of him in the fourth quarter because I'm on, on ESPN's yeah. thing. In the third quarter, he's actually kind of wild. He does some things. He makes some assists. He blocks a John Wall 20-footer, which was really cool. In the fourth quarter, he has two name mentions in seven minutes. That's all. Yeah. One when he enters the game. So, like, not only was he in the game, he did a bunch of nothing. And that's where I don't – you know – where, where we're talking about, should he be more involved in the offense? The answer is yes. That is not entirely upon him. He's standing in the corner, and that's the thing he could do. But are there ways that he can affect things? Yes. So one thing I do, and I'm hoping for this, is that Carlisle generally tries, to, when he thinks, he, when he is certain that we are going to make the playoffs, he tries to save something as an Oh, he gets cute. Playoffs. He gets so cute. And so – the one thing I'm hoping with that is that we are planning on just unleashing the Luca and KP pick and roll where KP rolls hard because the we miss vertical spacing so much. Everyone keeps talking about Luca struggling to finish, and he's still finished fine. He hasn't finished nearly as well as he did last year. And I think a huge part of that is because we don't have lob threats. Luca's no, the we best don't. lob passer in the league, and we don't have lob threats. Not a and, single one. And I, I get there's probably some sort of internal decision that KP doesn't want to dive or isn't allowed to dive down the lane because they're concerned about certain stuff. He really only dives from the baseline. I think that what they are like, what I am hopeful is, is that they have decided from a biomechanical standpoint that doing it over the course of the season makes him more likely to get hurt. And so they are saving it for the playoffs because when they did that last year, like everybody talks about the Luca and KP chemistry when he dove and everything, because KP loves to dunk. Yes. And, I mean, Loves like, to dunk and land balls. on one leg. Yes. But I think – and that is what I think the problem is. I think they're just saving that for the playoffs, and then they're just going to be – I hope that in the playoffs, KP is going to be the vertical spacer, and that is the wrinkle that we are saving. Sure. I could be wrong. Sure. But, I mean, I'm trying to find something positive there because – and, I mean, really, if you want to have the little sandwich idea from the guy earlier, you just got to go – you expect to be one and one from these two games. We just got it backwards, which I really hate that. <laughs> like if yeah, if they beat the, if they beat the Bucks, will I be happy? Obviously. Well, yeah. I mean, if they go two and one against Utah, the Bucks, and and the Rockets, like I'll be fine with it. It's just the problem is, is that with that is that we give away so much that we shouldn't. It's it's just weird. Like because today I can't like like I said earlier, they played everyone. 
I mean, Maxi didn't play, but I think he's actually like yeah, he's uh, he wasn't there. Yeah, or yeah, if I he don't... was there, he was not. He didn't play. Yeah, I don't think it's just he's just not playing because they're trying to rest him. I think they he they I think he needed to not play. And like I said, it's just as much as I like Maxi, Maxi does not change the outcome of this game. I don't think. I mean, yeah. but that's really all I got is just pretty much just they just had a shitty game. But they did. If you want to find something positive, we did at least try to play everyone. Yep, and that's all we got. Well, Matt, as always, thanks for coming up. All right, let's get to a few more people, and then I want to go to bed. Christian, what's happening? All right, can you hear me now? You do, yep. You sound better. Okay, I got the locker room, like, kicked me out. But anyways, uh, I just wanted to touch on a couple things. So I said it after the Jazz win, right? So it's not just coming in being frustrated from this game. After we won, I came up and mentioned, like, We play up to our competition the vast majority of the time, but we also play down to our competition the vast majority of the time. (laughs) And it, like, just look at the effort difference between the Jazz game and this game. Like, they decided to play defense at the end of the third quarter, towards the end of the third quarter, and look what happened. They actually made a run. Um, and it's just extremely frustrating because this is, like I said, what separates good or great teams from those, I guess, lower in the playoffs. Like every game is taken seriously for the most part. Every team's going to have, you know, a down game, but we lost to the Rockets twice. We've had, you know, we've played a lot of bad teams. So I think the, uh, we played the Pistons on a back to back. And I already have a feeling we're going to lose that game because we're going to take it for granted and do something stupid and have the same outcome. Um, but I think this game, like what it, another piece and why even before the trade deadline, I said we should trade for J.J. Redick because I think just having him there will open up so much and – you know, most of the time you can count on him to make a shot. So I do think, although it's not, you know, obviously he's not a superstar or anything like that. I think uh, him playing and being healthy, if that's possible, will be really important and helpful. Sorry, I was on mute. No, there's, yeah, I mean, this is just kind of the way it's got to go. I, I, you know, they, they have to take the, take teams more seriously. Luca has to come out and not look hungover. Um, I know he's tired. He's carried a bigger load. Don't care. He's a superstar. Has to do better. Um, he missed so many open threes. The the contested ones, okay, those are what they are. There's one at the top that he stands out where they just went under a screen. And he just bricked it. It was very it was, it was surprising. So, and all right, I well. Just one real quick thing, Kirk. And sure. I've been so frustrated about this for quite some time. Whenever we and it wasn't as bad this game, Jalen Brunson was actually doing it. We'll get a team in the bonus, like you know, eight minutes into the quarter, six minutes, whatever. And for whatever reason, right as we start, you know, being able to get to the line, if we start driving it, we just stop driving. And I don't know what it is, but we constantly do it and it's so frustrating i I mean the fourth quarter is a great example of that they had the rockets in the bonus from 8 30 on and luca played his happy dance game 
And, you know, where we've he's not in here tonight, Jason, who's normally in the chat. And and we've Luca does not look like he looked last year. Some of that can be attested to vertical spacing and it not being there. The other part is because Luca's not as quick as he was last year. Now, why? I don't know. And Jordan Brodess, who's one of the Mavs Moneyball writers, noted in the chat that Luca might not have a lot of incentive to be quicker anymore because he's able to hit these step back shots. But like him, like you know, doing this this dribble crap where when it's working and then he hits like a 10 footer that's contested, like he had this one over uh, Avery Bradley that was insane. You're like, oh, this is really great. But then he does it and then he dribbles into nowhere and then he throws up a terrible shot. It's like, how is this happening? How is that the offense? That cannot be the offense. Um, Jim Camp uh, is in the is in the chat, kind of no, you know, asking, you know, why am I not kicking the crap out of KP? Well, after an hour, I did do it earlier, and or not KP, uh, Luca, and and Luca was terrible in that fourth quarter. There was one uh, KP dive where Luca just didn't give him the ball, and I I don't know what to do about that. Um, there, as a I'm I'm a big man. Like I used to play as a big man. Like, you got to reward some of the effort that goes on and Luca didn't do it enough, but some of that is, I, I can't figure out. And this is, you know, thinking about is article, whether this is the design of the Mavericks offense or whether it's Luca's decision-making. And I, you know, I don't want to chalk it up to Luca's decision-making. It is probably Luca's decision-making. So, you know, we, we really have to, that that's the thing that they have to figure out. Um, um, and I'm very frustrated by it, but this is just kind of the way these, these games go. All right. Thanks for coming on up. I appreciate you. We've got a couple more people who want to chat and then we'll get out of here. Tyler, what's up? Tyler, are you there? Hey, how's it going? You muted yourself. Good. So a couple things. Um, number one, this, this to me feels like last year when the two Knicks losses, like we're going to look back at this, the two Houston losses when we get to the seating. And we're going to think to ourselves, if we could have won those two games, we could avoid some of the disaster we're heading for, right? <laughs> I mean, it feels that way, but I don't really it, – it's – there's no real – I mean, we're six games above 500. Last year, or February was a disaster, and we were five games under 500. So the fact that they're like – that they've, they've had a rough 11-point swing from February 1st on, I want to be mad because, like, my default state is bitching. But big picture, they're okay. They really are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, other quick thing, I have a bone to pick with Josh Richardson, um, and part of all. it is part of it is like a media driven type deal. But the narrative that he's a average three point shooter is I don't get it. He had so I looked at Basketball Reference. He this is his sixth season in the league, and four of those seasons he is thirty five percent or lower, including this one, uh-huh. and. The fact that people thought that whenever he would show up here and just magically be a 38% three-point shooter because Luca just feeds him looks. I mean, I, I, it's just, I just don't like watching him play basketball. <laughs> it's, it's really something. It's really something. I don't know what to say about it other than the fact that the, I, the paper decision to trade for Josh Richardson still makes sense. The reality of how it's played out isn't quite what they had expected in any way, shape, or form. So I, I think when you have a top three offensive talent in the NBA, you shouldn't lean away from that. I think you need to go ahead and lean right into it. Sure. That would I, be me, at least. I, that's how I play video games, so I agree with it. Well, Tyler, thanks for, for coming up. Um, yeah, appreciate- yep, you too. All right, so we got a couple more people. 
Felix, you've been waiting forever, and I think the room's kicked you out a few times. What's going on? Felix, you here? No, Felix. He must have been having internet problems because he's been trying to hop in and out. All right, well, if you can come back on before I go, then we'll uh, we'll chat. Um, all right, last guy, Caleb. Caleb, thanks for coming on. What's going on? Oh, nothing much. What's up, Kirk? Oh, I feel better now. I've like, yelled, I've yelled out my rage. Same as always. Oh, I feel you. Uh, the biggest thing is I'm just when we get the playoffs when all these teams are just going to double look off every screen is who's going to be that guy to step up, you know? Because uh, obviously if KP is not going to get the ball in the fourth, then Jay Rich is going to brick all of his threes in the corners. You know, we just don't have that spacing to you know to really do anything. So that's why I was saying. We're trying to run them staggered screens off of those pick and rolls. I know they're in the third, fourth when they're trapping Luca. We'd stagger those screens, those ball screens, trying to get Luca clearance and stuff. But why do we never have Luca, you know, setting those ball screens to to make the defense react to him instead of just knowing he's going to have the ball one hundred percent of the time? I don't have a good answer for this. This is where it feels like they the 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 clutch time offense because you know became very last year where that was something Josh and I would freak out about every other game. And, and I just, I don't know. Um, uh, it feels like they're a guy short talent wise when, whenever Richardson's not hitting and they're not confident in the driving kicks. I mean, Lucas potential assists tomorrow. If, if, you know, this is potential assists is just so everybody really understands this. It's something you should look at in aggregate. It is not something you should look at every game. Understanding that I look at it every game because I'm an insane person and I want to know how many bricks happened as a result of Lucas passes. He had five assists. I bet he has 17 to 18 potential assists tomorrow. Oh. And and it's this is the sort of thing where they just have to find guys who hit. So what are you going to do? No, you're right. You're right. All right, folks. This has been fun. Caleb, thanks for coming on up. Um, we'll do this again tomorrow night, but maybe we shouldn't go as long, but I don't know. I get mixed. I get mixed uh, reactions from people who tell me that they don't want us to do these anymore. And then people that tell me that we hope we do them forever. So, you know, we'll try to split the difference. I will maybe start posting these in a different aspect of our feed, but until Josh comes back, uh, I'm going to keep doing these because it's easier than making one of my staff do it with me. This has been Kirk Henderson on Mavs Moneyball After Dark and a live edition of Group Therapy. We will talk to you in less than 24 hours. Have a good night.